When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ayo! Well, that sucked. Welcome in to the <laughs> Studio A of our CHGO offices in rainy Chicago. I am your host, Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson alongside me. Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Actorwall23. <laughs> it's almost like we were just here an hour ago. Yeah. I guess two hours ago. Because we were. Uh, we chatted with KPW of the Flight Deck, the Blue Jays podcast, and our uh, fellow CHGO White Sox uh, a viewer. Uh, and we, we chatted about the White Sox and Blue Jays. So if you are looking for some more White Sox Blue Jays after this conversation, make sure you check that out. Uh, the, the pregame show, all that stuff. I was going to say naughty word all that stuff should still be relevant uh, until about 4 p.m tomorrow because the Sox didn't lose they didn't win they didn't play uh the game was delayed and then postponed and now we will have a double header starting at 4 p.m tomorrow according to the White Sox on Twitter uh, again the game has been postponed due to rain game will be made up as a part of a straight double header tomorrow starting at 4 10 p.m central second game will begin approximately 30 to 45 minutes following the conclusion of the opener but not before 7 10 parking lots and gates will open tomorrow at 3 10 fans with tickets parking and huntington bank stadium club passes to tomorrow's july 6 originally scheduled 7 10 contest can attend both games of the double header season ticket holders will receive a credit to their account for game tickets and parking for tonight's game july 5th and refunds for all other purchases including uh you know resale places uh, should be initiated at the point of purchase so there you go uh we got a, a post game tomorrow to let you know all about the two games and uh post game in the second game yes we'll we'll recap the two tomorrow the whole series uh after after both conclude uh with Vinny Duber who will be live at Guaranteed Rate Field you can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber he's our CHGO White Sox beat writer and uh, you could also check out allchgo.com because he's got two brand new posts uh talking about Rick Hahn and what he had to say on July 4th about this White Sox team and we'll play a little bit of that for you later on in the show and he's got a brand new article up about why Luis Robert has a change of heart uh, about joining the home run derby and uh, we'll be talking about that in, in just a second and we'll also be hearing from Elvis Andrews who talked to Vinny exclusively uh, about uh, Luis Robert uh, being in the home run derby so uh, it should be a fun short show and make sure you hit the thumbs up button and we love Fred saying best game played in weeks <laughs> um, I did love that Vinny was very you know adamant because Luis Robert seemed adamant that he didn't want to participate in the home run derby, uh, but it seems like he has been uh, you know swayed out of it. Uh, Luis Robert said that he doesn't consider himself a player that focuses on homers. I don't think he would be good there, but now after his countrymen uh, 
uh, I was going to say Luisa Rosarena, uh, Randy Rosarena and uh, Adelise Garcia uh, have convinced Luis Robert now to participate. I mean, I guess he's their countryman, but uh, Randy is out def- defected to Mexico. He's a Mexican citizen. Yes. I'm kidding. No, but you're right. Yes, but both of those guys are competing in the home run derby. They're like, hey, man, you're the home run leader except for Shohei in the American lead. You should come. You should be doing this. I, I commend those two for having him do the home run derby. But as I said in the pregame, not too jazzed on his chances to win the home run derby because – He's not a necessary home run hitter, even though he hits home runs, if that makes any sense. In a setting like the home run derby where you're trying to hit home runs, I think that will mess him up and it, it will make him you know, get out of his comfort zone if he's trying for home runs. And it'll be kind of boring if he's just doing that regular swing that he did last night. I mean, even though during the game... Regular was, swing that went 450? Yeah. Yes. I mean, because... You know, Regular. home run derby, people want the, <laughs> you to be breaking your back while you're swinging for the fences of 500, 550 feet. But Luis hits a 450 with a calm, relaxed swing, and I hope he keeps his same stroke there. He, he'll just uh, satiate his two buddies, his comrades, and say, hey, man, I'm in. But also, I'm not out here giving my all. I'm not out here trying to win this home run derby. If I win it, I win it. If I don't, smooth. I'll just go back and chill out in the hotel room. We were in the Bay of Pigs with our Cuban comrades. <laughs> Mercy. Um, His pies hombres. Uh, let, let's look at the uh, tournament bracket here because it, it is interesting. You mentioned that Luis Robert Jr., uh, quote, unquote, isn't a home run uh, hitter, and you're basically paraphrasing uh, he himself. Yet we look at the tournament bracket and leading off the number one overall seed will be Luis Robert Jr. Uh, obviously, he leads the grouping in home runs. Pete Alonzo and him both have 25, but I guess uh, Robert gets the nod and he'll be taking on Adley Rutschman of the Baltimore Orioles in the first round. Adelise Garcia is the fourth seed and the fifth seed is Randy Arena. If Luis Robert Jr. wins, he will be taking on either Garcia or Arena, who talked him in into joining the home run derby. So that is a, a fun storyline to watch there. Mookie Betts is the third seed. Vlad Guerrero Jr. is the sixth seed. Uh, Pete Alonzo is the second seed. And then the seventh seed is the hometown kid, Julio Rodriguez Jr. Uh, is Pete Alonso your, your favorite just because he's won it so many damn times? Exactly, yeah. Pete Alonso knows what it takes to win a home run derby, which won two of them. And also, like, he knows how to be rested in between. And he is a home run hitter. Like, that's his gig. He's on the Mets, and what he does on the Mets is hit home runs and hit them really far. So I could see him easily winning this thing, especially with that bracket on the bottom side he can get through and do his thing. But I would just think that one of those two, the four or five seed, those are the sleepers, Adelise or Randy Rosarani. We already know Randy Rosarani is ready for prime time. Every time he steps up, with a, I just want every home run just put his hands <laughs> over his thing. Like, Randy, you're racing time. Come on. He's like, nah. <laughs> Every home run, even the wall scraper. It's just, yeah, buddy, I got it. So I might put some money down and good value on a Randy Rosarena. I like the uh, the pick for Garcia and Rosarena because we know the one of the early storylines for Pete Alonso was he was winning more money than his actual contract Yes, uh, when he was winning the home run derby. And Garcia, even though he's 30, is going to be uh, under arbitration until he's 34. <laughs> like, I saw somebody be like, oh, this is all collusion to get Luis Robert Jr., Rosarena, and Garcia in the same outfield. But I'm like, none of them will be free agents until 2024 or uh, 2027. Um, we are now joined by Vinny Duber, uh, who just uh, came uh, over from uh, Guaranteed Rate Field. 
You can follow Vinny on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer, and he's got two brand new articles up at allchgo.com, one about Rick Hahn and what he had to say uh, yesterday, and we will dive into that a little bit later on. And then obviously the topic we're talking about now is Luis Robert joining the Home Run Derby. We've uh, alluded to Randy Rosarena and Adelis Garcia's um, uh, I guess uh, put, uh, pushing uh, nature to get Luis Robert Jr. into the home run derby this year, um, but but what did, did Luis say anything else? Like as he said, he wasn't a home run hitter. So I mean, does he still feel like he's not a home run hitter? Well, I think it comes down to this, right? So imagine you were invited to go, not invited. Imagine you were there's a, there's an activity in town, mm-hmm. and and it's like, hey, do you want to go do it? And it's like, eh, not really, not my <laughs> thing. And then you're like. Hey, your two friends are from your hometown are going to do it too. You want to go do it? Oh, okay, I'll go hang out with them. <laughs> That's basically the the Cliff's Notes version of what happened uh, uh, today in in the clubhouse with Luis Robert Jr. explaining his 180 on being in the home run derby. But uh, these are you know a Rosarena and Garcia. These are his countrymen, his fellow Cubans, and um, it's no secret to White Sox fans, obviously, how much that Cuban brotherhood and that Cuban connection means to the Cuban players who have been on the White Sox. It spreads league-wide, and I think uh, this is, you know, guys who text all, all the time, guys who are talking all the time, and it's like, hey, we should all do this together. We're all going to be at the All-Star game together. Let's do it together. So that's how it played out. Um, I asked Luis, you know, you said you, you don't think of yourself as just a home run hitter. How are you going to do at this thing? Are you going to be any good at it kind of thing? And he said, I'm going to practice. So uh, <laughs> if, we, if we know anything about what the uh, – the actual important baseball work produced uh, uh, over the course of this season. Perhaps some silly home run derby work will produce a, a, a nice night for Luis on Monday. Well, and they don't have to have uh, Luis Robert uh, Sr. fly out like because uh, the, the announcement is the White Sox bullpen catcher. Luis be- Sierra, who's uh, uh, one of the two bullpen catchers, one of the guys who is really the uh, the one of the hardest working men uh, behind the scenes at the White Sox. These guys are the him and, and Miguel Gonzalez, who's the other bullpen catcher, are out there. They're the first ones out the door in the morning, and they got to, you know, pack everything up at night. They do a lot of work with the pitchers and the position players both. Uh, they throw a little BP sometimes, so it's going to be Luis Sierra, it seems like, throwing to Luis Robert Jr. Uh, on Monday in Seattle. I'm and that's, another that's where thing. Miguel Gonzalez ended up, though. Not the same, oh, Miguel well. Gonzalez. But there, and there that's awesome. Go. See, Luis Robert competing in this gives this Sierra guy a trip to Seattle and a chance to kick it with all the rest of the All-Stars. I'm like, otherwise, Sierra's not going, right? Well, Sierra lives there because she's married to Russell Wilson. That's enough. But he lives in Denver now. Oh, well, they, One, two step. they were together when he was out there. Um, <laughs> we do see your Super Chat uh, baseball toss. Thank you for the support. $5 Super Chat there. Give him a goose honk, uh, Steven. Uh, ah, he, he bet his ah. gym teacher, who was a Mets fan, that Robert would beat Alonzo in the Derby for an All-Star shirt. We'll see if that matchup even happens. High again. stakes. Yeah, uh, High no. stakes when it comes to a uh, student-teacher bet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> a nice shirt. Uh, when, I was in, when I was in high school, we, we had uh, when March Madness rolled around. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, you know, the big sports guy. I was, you know, not necessarily being boastful about my ability to fill out a bracket, but it was kind of, you know, the assumption that, oh, the big fan, sports guy, he's going he's gonna to be good at it. So I had a math teacher who every single class, he would go through student by student, just ask them the silliest stuff, which mascot would win in a fight, which, which state would you rather live in, what color do you like better, with the in- express goal of having a bracket that would be better than mine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Did he beat you? Uh, I think so. Yeah, okay. that's how the NCAA tournament it usually works does. out, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, us overanalyzing everything. Uh-huh. Oh man, they played this way in December. And blah blah blah. <laughs> and somebody in uh, April's like, 
That's the better team. Put them on. My, my favorite. That team has got blue color. I love blue. Keep on going. <laughs> SNL like weekend update was like around like 2007 or 2008, and they were like, I think it was Tina Fey or Amy Poehler, and they were like, here's the first person to ever have a perfect bracket. And they're like, how'd you pick all the matchups? And they're like, well, I like Bulldogs. <laughs> so um, I, I picked the blue team uh, every single mm-hmm. time. Uh, so, uh, yeah, good, good luck, baseball tossed, and, and we'll see uh, what happens. I'm just excited. That if Luis does get to advance, he's either facing Randy or Adelis Garcia. I'll make it fun. Um, so he's just, but he's, he's got to make it fun. One he's got to show up and and beat Adley Rutschman. I don't know the rules. I know that right there. What you showed us the uh, the tournament bracket is based upon today's home run totals. Is it frozen or is it is it actually fluid? It's frozen. They oh. did a whole hour-long show wow. on ESPN for wow. this. I was shocked that it lasted that long. That's but way too long. I guess it gave I us something to do it. during the rain delay. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they did a whole bracket release show kind of thing <laughs> where they're breaking down the seeds and all of that. And I'm like, it's a little over the top, but yeah, whatever. Yeah. I'm sure someone tuned in to, to, and enjoyed that. <laughs> the Home Run Derby bracket <laughs> reveal. Um, and it, I guess they just, Selection Wednesday. And it, what, it's just picked by... Who hit? Who's hit the most homers? I believe like, right? it. Someone ex- was explaining it to me. It's the most homers, and then if there was a tie, it's like the most homers since June first or something like yeah, that. Of course, Luis. Yeah, it's, and Luis has been red hot. So there you go. Uh, he's the number one seed, and he's the uh, first White Sox to participate in the event since Todd Frazier in 2016. And and again, the other people: uh, Frank Thomas in '94, Carlton Fisk in '85. Uh, J.D., Jermaine Dye in 2006. Uh, then we also had uh, Frank pop up uh, again in 1995. Paul Canerco in 2002. And uh, again, Todd Frazier in 2016. And now Luis Robert in 2023. So uh, a long, not illustrious uh, history of the White Sox only in the home winner. run derby. Uh, yeah, only one winner. Uh, Frank in uh, Three Rivers, right? Correct. I believe yeah. so. So, uh, so, so uh, we'll, we'll see if Luis can uh, add another one to the White Sox trophy case. Um, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to go to Vinny Duber, who was at the White Sox clubhouse, uh, even though they didn't play a game, and chatted with Elvis Andrews. And he also talked about the pressure and how it's on Luis Robert uh, in the White Sox clubhouse to win the home run derby. Uh, we'll hear from Elvis Andrews and, and more, too, about the vibe of what the clubhouse is feeling um, this July, especially heading towards the August 1st deadline and after we hear from Elvis Andres, we'll hear from Rick Hahn. Um, Want to let you know, though, about Shady Rays. It's raining right now, but tomorrow's going to be a beautiful day for a doubleheader of baseball. So take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered with the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. They have durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, it tells us that they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. You can wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. And if you don't love your Shady Rays, you can exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and... oh. Yes. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code CHGO for 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized shades. Try for yourself. These shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Almost read the 4th of July sale, but that would be uh, wrong because it's the 5th of July and not the 4th. Right. Um, all right. want to let you guys well know. Well explained. Too. Yeah. Thank you. I um, also want to let you know about uh, our friends over at Bird Dogs, our new friends over mm-hmm. at Bird Dogs. Uh, we're excited to uh, check out the new swag that they're uh, sending over to the CHG offices because mainly 
They make you look good. They are a stretch khaki short designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. And I, I've been bashed here before wearing shorts uh, by some of our listeners, and we've seen Sam pop up, so he's not been totally turned off by my legs. But, you know, my legs are sculpted. And, and as somebody who has uh, nice gams, uh, I'd like to show them off. And, and Bird Dogs allows me to do that because um, – they, they do exactly the same thing that, you know, a, a, a high brand, uh, uh, I don't know if I could say this. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I have shorts that are like old khaki shorts with a button, a zipper, right? Just clunky. It, it's, it, it sits weird when you sit down. Yes. Bird Dogs is made out of a cloud knit fabric that looks just like khakis, but stretches to give you a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. And they use an anti-stink sweat uh, wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Uh, so go to birddogs.com slash CHGO or enter promo code CHGO for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash CHGO or promo code CHGO for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. And again, uh, Code CHG over at birddogs.com slash CHGO. As an older dude of 44 years old, we used to wear our shorts like past our knees. And I think, you know, still to up until last year, I did that. But I know the the ladies and the gentlemen like the uh, the gam showing, the the above knee stuff, the thigh action. So yeah. the bird dogs are going to work out perfectly for us. I was, uh, when I was a child, the first pair of shorts I remember like wearing that like, you know, are actually... Uh, not like baby shorts, mm-hmm. um, were shorts that went down to my shins. And yeah. I'm really glad we've gone away from oh, that. That's yeah. like an inseam of 14. And I think I filled out on my bird dogs thing an inseam of six. So uh, we're, we're, we're adults now, folks. Uh, exactly. You know, it, it's okay to show a little bit of They're skin. They're called shorts, not cargo, not like uh, what are those things called? Capri pants. Right. Uh, which we used to wear, but flooding capri pants. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a flood watch, Oh, folks. my goodness. Check your basements. Um, I thought you were going to say, can I say Jinko? Jinko, that yeah. one, uh, that's no. what the one you're gonna say. No, I'll, we used I'll, to wear those big, huge bell bottom ass pants. Ugh, we're gonna God, go. we were dumb in the 90s. <laughs> we're gonna go to uh, Vinny's uh, interview with uh, Elvis. Does Elvis Andres wear shorts? I mean, you know, yeah, Maybe. okay, All right. yeah. We should talk not about, on the field though. No. You should tell him yeah. about bird dogs. I might have to, you might have to. Um, we're gonna go to Vinny's interview, uh, with Elvis Andres from the White Sox clubhouse, and they lead off talking about Luis Robert. But, of course, and you'll hear uh, from Elvis Andres about this team's vibe heading into July and uh, heading towards the trade deadline. How's Luis going to do in the derby, do you think? <laughs> he's, better, he's better do good. <laughs> Some uh, pressure? Some pressure on him from you guys? Probably. Well, no, not from us. Uh-huh. <clears throat> you know, we, we know he's going to do pretty good. I mean, if he just... Swing the same way he's swinging in the game. Mm-hmm. He's gonna have no problem hitting like a hundred homers <laughs> out there. So, but now we did talk a little bit and trying to get him a, a nice, uh, you know, coach that throw him. Mm-hmm. That's very important. Mm-hmm. But uh, now nah, we know he's gonna do good. What's it been like watching him this year? Unbelievable, man. I think the, you know, it's something that not only us, the whole organization, the whole city has been waiting. Uh, everybody knows how talented it is, and for him, it's been. You know, the injuries that he got the first two, three seasons. So, you know, for him to be healthy and, and doing this is, you know, what we all knew he was capable of. And, I mean, I don't think he hasn't stopped. I mean, stay healthy. Is, I mean, he can do this every single year. Obviously, last year when you showed up, he was dealing with injuries and stuff like that. But have you noticed even a difference between early this year and, and to this point now with some of the work that he's been doing? Yeah, 100%. I think that, 
he's growing, you know, as, a, as an adult, as a man, and it's going to happen. I think, you know, still super young, and, you know, you still figure it out. Uh, just regular life, you know, basic stuff. Uh, but he's, you know, he's really comfortable. He seems really comfortable this year. I think that he put a really good job being healthy in the offseason, helped him a lot, and, you know, his mindset this year has been training. It was really good. You know, he, he keeps his uh, routine every single day, and I think if he can continue to do that, he's just going to continue to do uh, amazing things in the field. You guys obviously know what your record is and stuff like that, but how do you kind of see where this team can go from, from here after what's been kind of a tough start for you guys? Yeah, no, we, we you know, we talk about it. Uh, we've seen it. I think the... You know, we still we still playing hard. I mean, it's a lot of games we're losing. You know, towards the end of the game. So I think it's just you know a few tweaks. But you know, offensively we've been doing good for the past you know a couple of weeks. Uh, the team is scoring more, creating more opportunities. Uh, so I mean, I think for us it's just to you know there's a little things that we need to fix and correct, and you know we're just working on those and then finish this first half and then you know be ready for the second one. Getting closer to the trade deadline, how important is it when the front office kind of tries to keep the distractions away from you guys and keep that stuff kind of out of out of your zone so you guys can focus on playing? Yeah, I mean, that's, every year is going to be the same, mm-hmm. you know, regardless. Uh, I think that for us, I mean, it's, it's out of our power, you know, who somebody get traded or not. Uh, you know, I hope no because I feel, you know, the, the, that we're going to make it happen, you know, for the rest of this year we, we I know we you know base baseball is is ahead of us so I hope you know they don't disrupt the team but you know as for the front office you know you I have to stop you know we have to stop thinking about that and just concentrating and, and doing our job you've been on plenty of teams when when guys do kind of go away in, in a situation like that be a trade in the middle of the year what kind of effect can that have on a clubhouse oh it's huge man I mean you know, when you start trading guys, you're pretty much saying that, you know, you're not, you know, you're not in the race, you know. Uh, I think that we have, you know, the, the, the pieces in here, like you mentioned, and haven't been what we know we're going to be. Uh, it's a lot of guys, including myself, that, you know, we haven't get it going. Uh, it's only, you know, a few guys that's actually holding us, <laughs> you know, like Luis, Benny, uh, Berger, pretty much, and Eloy. Uh, Pretty much that's a percentage of, you know, they're taking care of the percentage of the offense. So uh, that's what I've been saying, you know, you know, if we stick around with, you know, we're hanging in there, uh, you know, I'll get going. The rest of the guy will get going. And we know the pitching and the bullpen, they'll get back on track. So I think that, you know, the best, you know, baseball of this scene is coming ahead. And, you know, hopefully they'll disrupt that. You seeing T.A. starting to turn things around for him? A hundred percent. Forget about T.A. for sure. Uh, well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, he's been swinging the bat for the past week much better, and we know he can turn everything, in, you know, in two weeks, a month. He's done his whole career. So, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, even even with, you know, a lot of key guys not, you know, get it going, you know, we're still there. Uh, we know our, our division is being weak, but, you know, Tuche, you know, it's been yeah. it's a good thing, you know. You never know what can happen. Uh, I always say that no matter how you get there, it's to get there to the postseason. Season, and then after that, anyone can take it. So that's that's the way I see it. And you know, I'm always gonna be very uh, hopeful about you know making it to the postseason. Yeah, your voice and your belief. Do you sense that everybody shares that same belief that you guys can can turn this around even this late in the year? Yeah, 100%. Man, uh, that's one of the things that I always try to tell him. Uh, 
you know, we cannot do anything. You know, what, what was happening is in the past. You know, you have to just keep working hard, keep preparing, and, and you know, and just do the, you know, the little adjustment that we know that we need to do as a team to be in the postseason and be contending. So, uh, I think everybody knows that. You know, we've been playing for two, three months so far. So, I mean, you know, as a team, we've been, you know, through the struggle together, and then it's very important, you know, to to learn, you know, and to do the right thing. So I think that. You know, the struggle part is, is about to go by, and, and the good thing is ahead of us. So. What, what's the what's the message from Pedro been? Is it has that been something that has kind of been bought into by the guys in here? Do you think? Yeah, he's been very consistent, and, and I love that message. You know, he's he's not gonna give up on us. So he just won that from us. He just don't want you know nobody to give up on you know our hope and our dream, which is you know first one is make it, win the division. So uh, I haven't. I know a lot of guys haven't so as long as we you know we we hold hard we hold it tight to that I mean anything can happen you know we're only seven games ahead and there's you know over 70 games you know for the season so I mean like I say you know very lucky that our division is going the way it's going you know and then more opportunity for us so you know we have to believe it we have to believe that that we're going to do it it's going to make it happen and then and then you know just do that in the field for sure. And that's what you get when you show up to the White Sox clubhouse and there's not a game. You get exclusive interviews. I mean, you can get that when there's games, too. That's true, and you have. And you can go check out uh, Vinny's interviews with uh, Jake Berger and Lucas Giolito in the third-base dugout uh, where he uh, had that exclusivity. Uh, But, uh, you know, Vinny keeps bringing the uh, the exclusivity. So, uh, you know, shout-out to to Vinny for that. Um, I thought there were some interesting things in there. Obviously, you know, the the Luis Roberts stuff is, is good color, we we know that Luis Robert is very good at baseball, and we expect him to do good things. I don't think anyone's going to be like, ah, I think Luis is going to stink at this. I know you have a, a little bit of worries, but, um, you know, a, a lot of uh, good color there from Elvis Andres. 100 home runs Elvis is predicting for Luis in the in well, the home I, run derby. I did not hear that clear he says enough. he's going to hit 100. That's a lot. That's it more. Is. So That's the record's the record. 91. It's only it was, nine more. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't I, put I that down as a solid prediction, but it, he did say if he keeps swinging like he's swinging, he'll hit a hundred. I get it. It's you know, and he's I, on a tear. Inflammatory. What, what's the what's the word? Uh, I get he's being over facetious. Facetious. Yeah. Um, it's not it's not a crazy note. He didn't say like two hundred. I mean, it's know? a lot of I mean, swings. It is, but it's a lot of tiring swings. He's got six. Tools. I want him to get beat by Adley Rutschman in the first round. Don't be like that. That's no fun. I. That's a fun-hating way of saying yes. things. Well, it's yes. not sunny out, so Herbie Sunshine. Oh, wow. Herbie Rain Cloud. Yeah. He can, if he feels the, the fl- need Herbie to. Flood watch. to Like, no one says, man, that home run derby guy, got to watch out for him. Let's pay him a lot of money. It doesn't. The White imp- Sox have already paid him. It doesn't increase Luis Roberts' money. It doesn't increase the White Sox futures. I want him to have a good time while he's out in Seattle. It's just supposed to be fun to watch, right? Yeah, yeah. And I want Adley Rushman to make him make it look fun on that side. I don't even know what side Adley's going to be swinging on. I hope he's swinging on his left side. They showed a graphic during the bracket reveal show in which there have not been many switch hitters in the home run derby over the years. There's, there was a very short Abreu? list. It was less than 10. Bobby Abreu was a switch, right? It was less than 10 that they had on there. I think but, Bobby just yeah. spoke. Didn't he just do left-handed? I know we only did left-handed in the in the home run derby. He might have been a switch hitter, but I think he only did left-handed hitting in the home run derby. Um, yeah, he was yeah bat bat left throw right. Um, but I'm a big proponent of him just doing his regular swing, not getting out of his 
comfort zone. That's what he said. And if he does that, yes, he could hit 100 home runs. That's the thing, though, that, that, that whole energy, that whole atmosphere, especially with his compadres there, cheering him on, giving him the Gatorade. Hey, man, you can hit more home runs than this, you know, than the timeouts and such. I just don't want him to get caught up in the I want to win the home run derby thing. I just like, hey, my, my, catch, my pitcher is throwing my pitch. I'm crushing it to center or left field. And whatever happens, happens. This is just extra practice for me. Well, and, and treat it as such. There, you know, I, I haven't delved into the data per se. I'm sure someone did over time. But there's a narrative, whether true or false, that the home run derby comes with the risk of screwing you up through the second half. I'm, I, my opinion on it would be that's probably over, vastly overblown. Right. Uh, but because of that narrative, questions were asked to both Luis and Pedro Grafol about that. And Luis said... You know, he's not worried about this screwing up his swing because he's not going to go out there and try to pull everything. Perfect. Pedro said, hey, I would be concerned if Luis was the kind of guy who I thought he was going to change his swing for this, but he doesn't think that the swing is going to change. And so I guess if you're just going up there, it's just a, another round of batting practice if you're not really trying to do anything different than you would be on a normal day. And the last – yesterday's game – kind of tells me that he's in a real groove not the home run necessarily that was beautiful but he had a 2-2 pitch or a 3-2 pitch that was just below the strike zone he spit on it I was like there we are it early in the year he would have flailed at that pitch and would have looked silly doing it now he's seeing the balls deeper and I think the home runs are coming because he's a natural athlete and because he's seen the ball longer. The pitch recognition work he's been doing with the hitting coaches and Pedro Grafal is working out so well, and that's why you see 24-5 home runs because he's seeing the ball so deep. He knew that was a hanging slider immediately, and he knew to post up after it because he knew, like, after I touch it, it's gone. I'm Luis Robert. Come on now. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we talked about that, I think, uh, what, Sunday, or when he was announced as the uh, an all-star reserve is just he is he's truly honed in on the fastball and you look at the run value by pitch um him against the slider it's a, a, a zero run value so he's not negative he's not positive but against the fastball he's like a plus 13 um and we saw that with vlad guerrero jr um and, and kpw's hanging out in the chat um in 2021 it was just he really wasn't missing any fastball and if you threw him a fastball, it's kind of like what T.A. was doing in 2019, 2020, 2021. If you throw him a certain fastball, it's going to go into right field for a single. Um, if you throw Luis Robert a, a hanging slider and, you know, he, he he's not fooled, he's probably going to sit back on it and hit it 450 feet and stare at it. Um, it, it incredible stuff. And, you know, hopefully he's able to keep that gas tank, have that six tool of stamina, power, speed, uh, contact, all, all that good stuff. And I, I would love to see if he – Hit him to win the, the the home run derby. I mean, didn't ruin Frank Thomas. I mean, he was in the Hall of Fame. That's a one of one. He was a six tool player. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, he's I mean, the one who brought that up, but he won the six tool player. <laughs> he only brought the hit tool and the home run tool. Hey, hit the first the first uh, contact. I mean, the, the hit, hit tool, the and hit tool, home right? run. That's uh, it. But the first the first hit was a, a triple. He showed the speed. <laughs> um, just the Rutschman stuff, too. Uh, no switch hitter ever won, like you said. Ruben Sierra did share the Derby crown with Eric Davis in uh, 1989, which is surprising because Ruben Sierra was in MVP Baseball 2005. He's right? So really he's, old. He's old. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. He played until he was like 40-plus. Lance Berkman is the only other to make the finals in 2004, and this will be the second straight Derby, as KPW mentions. Uh, Jose Ramirez uh, was a part of the, uh, the, the home run Derby, and uh, Rutschman's a catcher. No catcher has ever won. 
uh, a home run derby. So And Rutschman is kind of, I think he went to Oregon State. I don't know he's from Oregon. So he's going back to Pacific Northwest. So he'll have a big time cheering uh, section there for him. That's true. He's from Oregon. Yeah. Portland. So there's no baseball team. So Pickles. Probably a Mariner fan. Um, all right. Let's move. Uh, Pickles. Portland, oh, the Portland Pickles. Pickles. Yeah. Got you. All right. Minor league team. Um, the one thing I wanted to follow up, though, with Elvis Andrews, um, he says it's small fix and tweaks uh, that, that they really need to focus on. Um, he mentions that there's a lot of close games that they're getting into, but not a lot of those close games that they're able to win. Um, and I remember last year, too, he called it the most talented locker room he's ever been. Um, and it does still seem like there is a little bit of confidence hanging around uh, in there. So I, I don't know. I, I think part of that is because of Pedro. And what he said there was, we know he's not going to give up on us. And we've seen that with TA to mm-hmm. a lot of people's frustration. We saw that with Luis Robert Jr. And obviously that has paid off. Um, I mean, what do you guys make of that narrative coming from Elvis that, you know, Pedro's not going to give up on us and just small tweaks, tweaks and, uh, and fixes away? Well, I mean, Elvis talked about it, the reality of what the standings are. If, if math had, has buried this team already, you probably wouldn't be hearing a lot of talk like that. Mm-hmm. But they have as much of a Hail Mary as it possibly is. They have a chance. And so while everybody else from the outside can look at the three months of baseball they've played and pretty much guess what's going to happen, the team has it in their hands, in their power, to make the unlikely into reality exactly because unlikely doesn't mean impossible and the way that the american league central has played out this year it might be unlikely that a team that's 13 games under 500 is going to make the kind of run that vaults them to the top of that division but it's not impossible um and so the only way that it could happen the only way that it is possible is if those guys in the clubhouse don't give up and still believe that it can happen and trust in their talent and their ability You know, Elvis is saying one of these days, you know, it's going to click for those of us that it hasn't clicked yet. And 99% of the people that hear that are going to roll their eyes and say, we've been sitting around waiting for this for for more than three months now. And that's fine. That's a reaction that's based on what you've seen through 80-some games. But if they still believe that it's going to happen, it gives it a chance, as unlikely as it might be, to happen. And these goals that they set for themselves are still technically within reach, again, as unlikely as that might seem. They're the only ones that need to think that it's possible. Yep. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what everybody else thinks because they're the ones that have to go out and do it. They just need a reason to believe, huh? Yeah. What a transition. And go to, and, go and, to allchgo.com. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I don't usually like to do the layperson's job to a sports person's job because I think the jobs are so different, especially a professional sports person's job. But I think this uh, has merit. When you are at home listening or watching this, have a boss that's just – not believing you, you struggle on something and they're over your head and they're just micromanaging you and you get like, you know, put down or something like that. Morale's not going to be good. The morale's going to be low. It's going to be like, oh, God, I already got to do my job. And now I got this guy looking at me, guy or girl looking at me doing my job and not believing that I can do my job as a grown person. You gave me the job. Why don't you let me do my job? I feel like that is the same in major league clubhouses where Pedro, like you said, two Faults of most White Sox fans has given Tim a lot of rope, a lot of uh, extra stuff that 
some of us don't think he deserved this year, but Pedro's like he's had a career full of great moments who he deserves this extra long patience from him. And I think it's starting to show up because Tim is hitting the ball with authority the last couple games. And so Elvis talking about that says that, hey, yes, you guys out there in the outside world might not believe in us, but the people in this clubhouse believe in ourselves. And it starts with our leader, Pedro Gafal, saying, hey, guys, I'm going to stick with you as long as I can. And I still believe in you and just pay off some of that belief. And I think the players are going to be like, okay, let's finally start paying off some of this belief that Pedro has in us and the confidence that he has in all of us individual players. Well, and if it doesn't happen soon, they they just might not get that chance because some guys might get traded off a team, uh, which we'll talk about. Um, uh, Kind of, you know, Pedro might believe in them, but they also might still be feeling the pressure of the outside you know, pressures of just baseball in general. So we'll take a break and we'll get into, uh, you know, reasons to believe uh, pressure cookers and, and maybe uh, some pressing uh, if that is a, a, a thing with the socks coming up. But uh, feel free to jump in and comment, Herb. All right. Uh, I got you, man. The Comet Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities they serve, helping manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future. Sean, Sean thought he was going to get a spot start. But. I guess not. I tested the arm out before the before the uh, before the show, and I'm good to go. I'm good to go, Coach. <laughs> ComEd offers a wide variety of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across the territory here in the land of Lincoln. ComEd also offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities, like those for HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. Hey, Vinny, um, how does that work, Herb? What a valid and timely question. An authorized (laughs) engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. These can be done in person or virtually and last approximately two hours. Within three to four weeks, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they can start working on immediately. Mm -hmm. Each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, project costs, potential incentives, and simple payback. If you, Herb, if you, anyone else, own a business, don't wait. Here is the Chicago Transit Authority, highlighted in yellow for me to easily see. Get started saving money and energy today. For energy-saving tips, lighting incentives, or to schedule your free facility assessment, go to comed.com slash poweringbiz. Vinny, did you say comed.com slash poweringbiz? I did say comed.com slash poweringbiz. That ends in a Z. Z. So schedule it today. Today. Um, Another thing that the foreigners say, Zed instead of Z. Yeah, that's it's weird. It's wrong. Are you, are you pro like color with a U or no? I to each their own. Yes, to each their own. All right. You know, I, you know, if you're Diplomat. if you're at home listening because it is the 50th anniversary this year. If you are at home listening to Dark Side of the Moon on vinyl, you'll flip it over. You'll see that song is called Any Color You'd Like, not Any Color You'd Like. So, you know, you just got to roll with the punches. Well, it's I know, David Gilmour. Yeah, right? exactly. People have told me, and Courtney, my fiance, who was in the chat, told me that that goes with, uh, what is that, the uh, Wizard of Oz? Dark Side of the Moon? Yeah. Yes. Like you play it and it's supposed to be synced supposed up. Supposed to sync up, yeah. Okay. I haven't done Dark Side of the Moon on and Wizard of Oz. I have done Dark Side of the Moon and the first of the new Star Wars movies, Force Awakens, mm-hmm. Episode Seven. The suggestion online, the theory by many, is that it was purposefully edited to Dark Side of the Moon because of the history of people trying to sync up albums and movies that obviously were not made in conjunction with one another. The thought here was that it was purposefully edited to have those little beats throughout. So it worked? 
I've done it twice. Mm-hmm. First time, it seemed to work great. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking that it was so cool, and I was very happy I did it. Second time, it didn't seem to work, and I got very frustrated very fast. <laughs> that seems like a lot of work for somebody to do. It does. You're and right. Can, and, and, but not even promote it. Right, you know, like it's a secret. It's a fun, right. a fun find. Like it's yeah. it, they have a secret person on the on the on the staff that is person who syncs up movie to dark side of movie. Correct. Yes. Um, yeah. Every movie set should have that person. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think it's a secret. You know, I mean, it, they just you just don't know what album they're syncing it up to. I, I mean, most of them are synced up to Tusk, but again, <laughs> most nobody, movies. That's yeah, true. Nobody, most movies ever made. Nobody cares about Tusk. Um, uh, we got to take a, we're still in the middle of that ad break. Yeah. Uh, Herb's Drinking Beer, CHGO supported by Goose Island Beer Company. Chicago's beer <laughs> since 1988. Uh, their beer roster includes uh, the lovely 312 Wheat Ale that Herb is drinking. It also includes the Full Pocket Pills, the Goose IPA, and the Tropical Beer Hug IPA Series. And uh, go check out the Beer Hug IPA Series uh, at your local uh, liquor store, your grocery store. They got the Tropical Beer Hug. They got the Neon Beer Hug. They got the Juicy. Uh, and they got the Hazy IPA uh, in a little sampler there. So you could try out all those delicious uh, Imperial IPAs from Goose Island. And, of course, we have the uh, event coming Coming up, uh, not one, but two, the Crosstown Takeovers with our friends over at Goose Island. First one's on July 26th. Uh, you can get a meetup with us at 530 at uh, Gaelic Park, uh, the, bar, the bar at Gaelic Park. Um, and then you get a bus transportation there and back to Oak Forest. And you also get a ticket to the game and a shirt, uh, either the north or south side, uh, you get your choice. And again, it is for a Cubs-Sox game. Uh, so come join us and Goose Island out at uh, the Carrick Pub in Oak Forest. Uh, grab an ultra-fresh brewery exclusive beer at Goose Island's original brew house on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park or from their taproom in Fulton Street in Westtown. Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's Beer. Also want to let you know about our friends over at FOCO, uh, the lovely bobbleheads donated over on that side. The Southpaw and TA ones uh, were donated by our friends over at FOCO. So go show them some love at FOCO.com or click the link in the description below. For all that pre-sale items, use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. Since there is no White Sox game, why not spend your night scrolling FOCO.com and checking out all their hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between like Aloha shirts, straw hats, polos, bags, everything you need for a baseball game. So get fitted in the best sports gear around at foco.com or click the link in the description below again all non-presale items use the promo code chgo for 10 percent off okay so reason believe check out Vinny's article talking about what rick Hahn had to say on the fourth and I, I like the boss analogy that you brought up herb um how pedro believes in his guys but again rick Hahn's kind of pulling the trigger here if rick Hahn doesn't like what he sees over the next month he could break all of this up and and pedro believing in these guys really might not matter because again rick Hahn and kenny williams pulls the strings on the roster um do we feel like there is maybe pressure building on this month like can can you feel pressure because even rick uh, in the clip that we're going to play he talked about you know we'll see how they go out and play tonight and then of course we, as we know, they lost. Um, so again, they need to go like forty-four and thirty-one to even go eighty-eight and eight or eighty-one and eighty-one this year. So a lot of pressure to start winning a lot and a lot more series. Yeah, I mean, I think I think everybody has kind of figured out that it seems like the sand has run out of the hourglass here. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the I think the only thing that probably saves them now is what he said he wasn't going to call for, which is fine. He shouldn't be putting that kind of pressure on the team. But, you know, they're going to need to win 
like he said, 10 of 14 or 10 in a row or, you know, 12 of whatever. I mean, they're 13 games under 500. Um, They could win this terrible division at around 500. They're not going to win it at 13 games under 500. They're a fourth-place team right now in a a very bad division. Um, So I think what we were expecting to maybe hear from Rick yesterday was that a decision had been reached. And a decision might have been reached. He just wasn't saying that for everybody to hear. And he basically gave the reason as to why he wasn't going to say anything, which is, by the way, reflected in what Elvis said, right? Elvis was saying, we hope they don't break this up. Please don't break this up to the front office because they have the belief that they are going to be able to pull off this unlikely but not impossible thing. Um, That being said, as people who look at this from the outside, as people who analyze what has happened and what is likely to happen, it seems like they're going to be sellers at the trade deadline. Well, why don't we play Rick's comments and then have you analyze it and see if you feel like they are going to be sellers or not. Uh, Let's hear from Rick Hahn, uh, and this was shot by Vinny yesterday, but Rick kind of goes into the the, the 10 and and the 14 games and and, and what the Sox need to do um, to to put themselves to possibly be buyers or sellers or have more clarity on that situation. How do you assess the state of the team right now and what does it mean going forward in these weeks leading up to August 1? Obviously, we got big decisions to make by the end of this month or August 1st. Uh, I've seen and heard from, I've seen quotes from players. I've heard from players directly. Pedro and the coaches have heard from Pedro, from players directly um, that their priority and focus is getting things right here and figuring out a way for us to win division and then do some damage in the postseason. I or any of us in baseball ops isn't going to do anything to take the focus away from that by saying, this is our direction, this is what we're doing, this is where we're committed, uh, and we're going to do everything in our power to continue to support the guys that you know want to get this thing right, and hopefully that starts today. Uh, I know we, I'm fairly sure we have the best record in the division since May 1st, but at the same time, that's only been a couple games over 500, I believe, which obviously hasn't made up for the, the deficit we carved for ourselves in, in April. So. It's good to see the commitment. It's good to see, to an extent, the results since May 1. Uh, but we obviously have a fair amount of work still to do ahead of us. Six, seven in a row. You need to go on a streak like that. It's, it's kind of... It'd be nice. Yeah, can we can we do that? Uh, I got it. What's the question? Like, do we want to win six in a row? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Maybe what? even seven. Going you kind of need break. to do that. I mean, is do winning, we need is to winning do that? series enough at this point when you're 20? hasn't proven to be enough yet. I mean, we've won a decent amount of series the last two months, but it hasn't been proven to be enough yet. I'm not going to, you know, put a marker in the sand and say we need to rattle off 10 out of 14 or we're doing this. Uh, but at the same time, we can see the calendar, we can see the games back, and, and you want to you have a reason to believe that this thing's going to get right between now and, and August 1. The last time you talked, you talked maybe about two different evaluations, the ability to win the division and the ability to to make noise in the playoffs. How have those two separate evaluations gone? Obviously, the division standings are what they are. Right. I mean, that's only been like 10 days ago we had that conversation. I think it's more what I was talking about that day is winning the division is our path in, but the goals have always been higher. Uh, Given the deficit that we created for ourselves early in the season, I do think that if we manage to win this division, it's going to be the result of us going on a a stretch playing pretty damn good baseball. 
which should in turn give us confidence that we're going to be able to do some damage in October. But again, that first thing has to happen, and that's us playing better baseball and starting to cut into this deficit and ideally take the lead at some point. And there's not much time in which to, to do that. Well, we got about half a season to do it, but we have to well, make a pretty major decision right. next month. Right. Yeah, and it's, it's even less than half a season. I mean, yeah, 75 that, games I think was my, yeah. I think that was my follow-up right, right after he said that was basically like, but the trade deadline is August 1st, so yeah. that's the time you're going to need to see it. You know, who knows? And when we keep talking about they have these many different paths they can go on. They, can, they don't have to go get rid of everybody, nor do they have to go go out and buy, and buy a bunch of all-stars. Like, they, there is a ton of stuff in the middle of that, and one of those things in the middle is probably the most likely thing to happen, where it's like, yeah, if there's an expiring contract, that kind of thing – that player might be more likely to be traded. If Rick Hahn gets a phone call and it's like, we would like to give you several top prospects for player X, he's probably going to go, yeah, because that helps them in the long run. Is player X even Luis Robert Jr.? Like that, that's the one There's thing. a reason I said player X and not yeah. a specific guy because I didn't really want to go through every single player. But, yeah, I, they're going to – I, I would. He said they're going to do the thing that's best for the long-term health of the organization. I can confidently tell you that keeping Luis Robert Jr. is best for the long-term health of the organization. <laughs> I agree with that for sure, and, and and you know that's why I'm advocating for Tim and 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 Lynn and Geo and Graveman and Kelly, some of these guys that I feel like are are replaceable, you know, and, and, and for the 2024 team. Um, but you know the the reason to believe was brought up there uh, by, by Rick Hahn. I don't know if you have any more reasons to believe um, in in this team. Um, there was another place I wanted to go with this. Shoot, that's all right. But I'll answer that one first. If he had a reason to believe going into the Oakland series last week, it's crushed. Losing two out of three to the worst team in baseball tells me all I need to know. If I'm a evaluator of talent and all a person that needs to say, okay, are we going for it or we're not? Yes, the games are only seven. They're only seven games behind, but then you have to factor in, who are they playing? Two versus Toronto, two versus St. Louis, or three versus St. Louis, who was bad this year, but I don't think they'll be continuing to be bad this year because they're the Cardinals. Then after the break, you got a trip to Atlanta, a trip to New York, a trip to Minnesota. Tough. I mean, New York's not playing. The Mets are not playing as they want to, but we all know those damn Atlanta Braves are playing as hot as you can. they got eight all-stars in the game right now. Right. Like, how is that going to be a good thing for the White Sox? Like, the games coming down to that really uh, deadline point of August 1st are not great for the White Sox. It's going to be just pushing them more towards trading. And I hope Rick, and you know, through Vinny's article and from what he said right there, I think he's solidly in team sell. He just doesn't want to give away too much. Right. And so he can be having a little bit leverage with these people he's talking to. Say, hey, man, we can keep this person if you're not really really ready to go. But in essence, he's like anybody who is on expiring deal, anybody who can't be used for the future, they might be have to go. And you bring up the future of the organization quote. Um, and you also talk, too, about like how serious of contenders can they be. I, I, I do think about that, that as well. It's just like, you know, if they are in a position to be trading, it doesn't put them doesn't make them more serious of contenders, right? Like that that's the one process that we we are going to have to find out more from Rick probably when 
the trade deadline's over or once we get closer to the trade deadline is what does that White Sox future look like or how does he view the White Sox now currently? Because if they're not contenders, is it going to take them a year to get back into contention? Is it going to take them two years to get back into contention? Like now it's, it's resetting that timeline for the White Sox because it doesn't seem like, you know, it, 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 there's a ton of confidence coming from the, the front office in, in the current group. I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't go that far at all. Um, in fact, I can see. This wouldn't is they just be buying one... if you had more confidence? I guess. I guess. Well, uh, buying for com- what? Confidence in what? I mean, they're, they're 13 games below 500. So basically, you're saying I could be confident that this team's going to take off starting tomorrow, but they've got, but they're saddled with 13 games worse than than everybody else. Let's right. say. You know what I mean? So it. I, I think he. There's nothing wrong with uh, the their confidence in the group. I mean, I bet you you ask him. What do you think Yoan Moncada can do in 2024? It's probably a positive answer compared to what do you think Yoan Moncada can do right now? Well, he can't play right now. He's right. hurt. Um, but why have a positive answer if you don't have a realistic outlook on what he can be right now? I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, like, that's the thing. is it, That does think, feel like blind optimism. I do not believe that they have given up in this core one bit. I think that there are certain pieces that they might take out because they're going to be in an expiring deal. You know, maybe Lucas Giolito gets traded because he's going to go to free agency next year. You bring you you frequently bring up Tim Anderson's uh, club control ending after next season. So maybe they're planning for a future past 2024 that does not include Tim Anderson, perhaps. But um, I don't think that they look out and say, we need to scrap all of this, like a lot of fans are. And, and I understand because the results are what the results are. But I think they think Eloy is a very good player. Robert, obviously, is a very right. good player. I think they have confidence in Benintendi and Tim Anderson and, uh, you know, and, and uh, um, who am I forgetting here? Colas. You know, I think that, and certainly Cease and Kopech. Vaughn. You know, Vaughn. Yeah, yeah right, absolutely. Yeah. So that's a lot of players that I just listed off. Now, it doesn't mean there's not going to be needs and holes going into the offseason. This roster will change because it has to because certain guys are not going to be a part of it anymore. But um, I think that they can look toward 2024 if they decide to if they decide to sell here at the deadline and say, we have work to do. Absolutely. But we don't need to go out and get a brand new team. Well, seven's the big one, right? I mean, like, I feel like that would be the the real signal of the core, right, is if they do get that certain trade package to ship Tim Anderson off at this deadline, I feel like that would at least signal some, some, I mean, that would signal, I think, the end of the core, right, because Tim Anderson was such an important part. The core probably changes, but, like, again, like, the the true core was Abreu, Anderson, Grandal, Robert, Mancata, and now that's changing with Abreu, Anderson, and likely Grandal gone after this year, where it's it's Robert, Aloy, Vaughn, etc., etc. Yeah. Right, but I, I guess my point is to answer your question that they still see that as a foundation on which a contender can happen as next year. Yeah, like they're not absolutely. planning on they're not planning on coming out. I don't think and saying. All right, guys, we're going to dial this back. We're going to spin this back again. It's going to be a, a year or a two-year process. No, they're going to c- try to compete for a championship in 2024. That's not, it's not saying that my opinion is that they are going to be able to do that, but I believe that's what they think that they are going to be in 2024. And no offense to Rick, but I hope he and Kenny are not the people who are doing it again. I know that's not true. Yeah. Putting it out there just so the universe well, can hear me. That's the thing is I, 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 I support 
the adventure to move on from Tim and to see if this core could be successful with Luis Robert being the main piece, right? I, I do think, especially in the AL Central, they could make the playoffs next year without Tim Anderson being on the team, Lucas Giolito, Lance Lynn. Like, I, I think that they can lose a decent amount of people and still be competitive in the AL Central. I just don't know about the actual contender part, and that's that's the one thing that will be interesting uh, and to that's, see. And I think that is what we're going to be talking about all winter. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I think they, they'll probably be at the end of this season at a point where they're teetering on that, right? And it depends on what they go do because we've already talked about they're going to have to go get three starting pitchers. We've already talked about they're going to need a second baseman. If, they, if, if Tim Anderson is one of the players traded this, this uh, month, they're going to need – a shortstop. They can't go out and say, "All right, Lenny and Sosa have at it." Mm. You know that doesn't seem Oof. like the thing a contender would be would be doing. So it's there's going to be a lot riding on this winter. Let's say Lucas is. Uh, I, I understand that the winter is obviously going to be important too, Goddamn but the AL people. Central kind of just leaves a ton open. At Mercy. Cup people did something. Uh, they're, they they're, the they're also seven and a half games back. Uh, in the you wouldn't Central. know it. No, you would not know it. <laughs> Um, anyways, uh, I forgot what I was talking about. Um, it's fine. Um, You're all good, Cody. It's all good. No, but I'm thinking though that, what was I talking about? I don't know, but like them them competing in 2024. Yeah. Like I, I, I think if they don't trade Tim by the deadline and we see a similar, uh, media scrum with Rick being like, oh, you know, we're disappointed. We couldn't do anything, you know, or, or something along the lines, like, we could still, again, be following this team until the end of the year, until they're they're truly knocked out because the AL Central is giving them that opportunity. Oh, absolutely, um, that could happen. But yeah. but, but they yeah. could they could trade guys, and that could happen. Yeah, right. And I'm yeah. thinking <laughs> if they only trade Lucas, right? And they I'm could not. trade four guys, and that could happen. That's what this division has been. And like. I'm telling you too that Tim, I expect him on August 1st when Rick meets the media if he if they're at home, they're in Texas. Okay, I then, believe. Then when he comes back or when he has the scrum, Tim's going to be part of the team. I'm pretty sure about that because the bad play, the contract, who's who's checking for him. So I expect him to still be in this team. And like I said before, trading Lucas Giolito doesn't stop them from re-signing him in the offseason. And they're going to need to look for him specifically and other starting pitchers because they were going to have three spots to fill. So, yeah, having him on the team – is uh, I think valuable for the White Sox next year. Lucas Giolito specifically needs to be on this White Sox team next year. I, I would be surprised if they gave him uh, the the money that he will command uh, on on the market. Then they're going to give other bad pitchers the same money. They are going to give less. They're going to give three guys one year deals instead of giving one guy a five year deal. They're which, not going to tie the, themselves, which up. is a losing way of playing well, baseball. Then they're and they've gone to the. Playoffs 11 times in 122 exactly. years. I mean, we kind of know that. Uh, yeah, they're they're at Texas on the 1st, and then uh, they'll return on the 7th against New York. Uh, they play uh, against Cleveland on the 30th and have a four-game set from the 27th to the 30th, and then uh, they got uh, Cleveland uh, after the Texas from the 4th to the 6th at Cleveland. Um, that's going to do it for the CHGO White Sox podcast. We'll be joining you tomorrow for a CHGO White Sox post-game show covering both Double headers are covering the double header tomorrow. Uh, Lance, there's Lance, not four games, are there? Oh my goodness! Lance, Lance, starting park already too early. Lance, Lance starting clubhouse opens in 15 minutes. Lance, starting two games tomorrow. Um, Lance, he would do it. Starting game one, game two is TBD, but maybe Tuki Tucson. 
is what I've heard. Maybe. maybe. Well, okay. It could be uh, Toussaint. It could be uh, uh, Tanner Banks. It could be Jesse, uh, Jesse Shulton. So that seems to be the uh, the way that Pedro's been rolling it out there. So. I, I saw someone say it could be Kikuchi versus Tuki, which I, I like the – the, the, the E's uh, and the K's. A lot, it rhymes. A lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. that's fun. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Lance Lynn versus likely Jose Barrios. He was supposed to start today. Um, so we'll see if that uh, maintains for the I have it. I have Toronto's. The last time I went to a game where Mr. Barrios pitched in a doubleheader at guarantee rate, they walked him off. That was a seven-inning game, It was a right? seven-inning yeah. game. Gavin Sheets? Gavin Sheets. Barrios is facing Lynn in game one, okay. and uh, it's uh, Kikuchi versus TBD for game two. And that All was right. game two the time I saw it. He's only pitching game one. So we can't walk him off this year. I mean, he can if he pitches nine innings, which would be very weird. Be zero we zero, then Jordan, a one off. Jordan Lyles uh-huh. threw a complete game, and, and, and you know, and, and they still lost. Uh, but yeah, uh, Tukey. Hopefully, I'm I'm rooting for Tukey in game two because Kikuchi versus Tukey would be fun. Anyways, that's gonna do it for the CHGO White Sox podcast. That's Vinny Duber. Follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer, and you can read his two brand new articles up at All CHGO talking about uh, Rick Hahn and what he had to say. Um, the quote, reason to believe, and Vinny goes more in depth um, on that subject, giving you more color. There's also the Luis Robert Jr. Uh, article talking about his 180 to join the Home Run Derby this year. And Jared Willis was also at the park yesterday. You can follow him on tw- uh, Twitter at JWillis, uh, wise instead of eyes, and he had a, an article on Oscar Colas as well, so make sure you read that um, in his return to the big league club. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Wall 23 He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Thank you everybody for watching. Make Make sure you hit that thumbs up button. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Go Sox.